we're back with a championship episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. And man, Casey, I don't even have to ask, but I will. How are you doing? I was all ready to come in and sing the We Are the Champions song, but then I wussed out because of all the terrible takes and all the, the words I put on the internet. I don't think the internet needs me singing, even in a, uh, in a joking fashion. But Marlo, the Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions. Um, obviously, I hope this day would come. I, I, I cheered for this day to come. I, honestly, I'm still in shock that it, that it came. Just through it all, I mean, obviously we were in the final, so there's a chance this could happen. But just kind of looking back and all the hope that, or I guess, fandom I've had in the Bucks and the hope I've had at least recently with Giannis and his kind of growth to superstardom now, um, which probably he was before two-time NBA champion. But, um, you know, to, to win was something else and just... It, what a ride to be on, and uh, unfortunately, it's taken us a couple of days since the game uh, happened for us to, you know, be able to record. But I'm still, still feeling great about it. And anytime anything in sports happens, I go, I kind of think in the back of my head, doesn't matter. Bucks are champions, and it feels great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good feeling, man. I'm happy for you. We're gonna yeah, get, yeah. we're gonna get into depth. So we'll get in depth with that in a minute. Um, but I'm glad you're feeling good. This is gonna be a good one. We got a lot of bucks talk, but yeah, yeah, we got to get to some stuff that's kind of breaking as we talk. And uh, obviously, the, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, it's breaking as we talk with a big conference realignment. Yeah. So I guess to preface this, Marlo, uh, I, I was out of time camping on the weekend, you know, celebrating victories, uh, bucks championships, as one does by going camping with their family. Uh, but that's where I was. So I guess my news and the likelihood of all this is based on Twitter. So this may or may not be <laughs> as likely as it seemed on the internets uh, for the time being. But it, the I, let's start with the most likely thing. It sounds like Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big Twelve. Uh, I guess the last I read to the point that they've talked buyouts and whatever they would owe the Big Twelve uh, to leave to join the SEC, Marlo. How real is this? Does this seem like something that's going to happen from your point of view? Uh, I mean, I'm reading a, a lot everywhere. I think when I first saw it, my first question, I mean, I get why money. Um, duh, that makes sense. But from a, like a practical standpoint, and I know like Texas and Oklahoma both have big heads about their program, more yeah. so Texas. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, Texas, we always talk about Texas is back. Texas yeah. is back every year, but they can't even get anywhere in the Big 12, which I think we can all agree is, you know, most years the third best conference, if not fourth sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why is Texas wanting to go to the SEC and just be a doormat, at least for a couple of years, because it's not just going to be a switch? And maybe, you know, in Oklahoma, to explain, they might fare a little better, but I can't see Texas going into the SEC and like making noise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um it just it, that part doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I guess competitive wise it doesn't make sense for these two teams from uh I guess if we think about it from how the current situation is set up, right? Cuz they have a better chance of getting to the elite bowl games in the Big 12 than they do in 
the SEC because they have a better chance of winning a conference uh, than going and competing uh, in the SEC. And money wise, like I guess it makes sense because it's kind of, you know you have more good teams, you can command more of uh, dollars in TV rights. But like Texas has their own network, like I, it just doesn't seem like the they have too much to gain. By making this move from money wise, and maybe there's something money wise that I'm missing, uh, but I think being the best two teams, I guess you could argue that Texas isn't even the second best team in the Big Twelve, football wise, the past couple of years. But Oklahoma is obviously number one uh, in the Big Twelve. Just when I think about it, makes I, I, when I say think about it, I mean like superficially think about it, very high level, like. I would think it would be more financially beneficial to be one of the best two teams in the Big 12 than to be two through seven in the SC- in a bigger SEC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was yeah, exactly. That was my thought. So going is you know is it for real? I get like when I first saw it, I was like, "There's no way this it, for all those reasons it doesn't make sense." But I keep seeing the smoke, much like you do on Twitter yeah. and other avenues. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of saying that, it, you know, so it must be real type of thing. I remember yeah. going through this, through the, uh, the first, I guess it doesn't seem that major, but the major shift that happened when we brought in Nebraska yeah. Uh, yeah. years back, cause it was supposed to be Texas. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, big talks of coming to the big 10, uh, at the time. And obviously we saw how that came through and I think that's why they got their network. Uh, but anyways, so I, I have shades of that, so it makes me feel like kind of, you know, maybe it's probably not the real, but like you said, where there's smoke, there's probably fire at this point. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so let's say if Texas and Oklahoma go to SEC, essentially the Big 12 is dead. So the other 10 teams in the Big, or other, excuse me, eight teams in the Big 12 need to go somewhere it sounds like the next domino to fall would be Kansas going to the Big Ten. Yeah, I heard Kansas, which, which would, would be, pretty be pretty cool. Okay, we'll stay in Kansas for right now. So yeah, yeah, I, that was my first. I was like, man, you know, obviously we get, that get us a win in football every year. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we get Kansas in the Big Ten for basketball. It's pretty cool. But then I was like, wait, do I do I just want to watch Kansas win the Big Ten title every year? Is that what I want to go to? Is that is that going to be it, it cool like the first year and then after that it's like when I can't imagine you know because they had what what did they have eight they had a ridiculous number of Big Twelve championships in a row yeah yeah I forgot what it was but it's a ridiculous think, yeah. number um, and Bill Self has a machine there and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon um, so yeah that'd be cool to be able to go play at the uh, what do they call it the Fog. Yeah, yeah, uh, Fog Arena. yeah, Fog Arena. Uh, you know, getting this, get the some of that tradition in here. That'd be kind of cool. We'll, we'll maybe you'll pump us up on the seedings for uh, for the tournament because Kansas yeah, yeah. those seeds. But I was thinking long term, like, am I just going to get sick of Kansas winning all the time? Yeah, I guess the Big Ten fan in me says they wouldn't win all the time, but maybe that's not. Maybe you're right in that they would just come in and just be as good because, you know, we talk about when you talk about the Big Ten. Sure, they don't have the top end, but we are enough to win titles like Kansas has. But you know, we talk about it being a deeper conference and that sort of thing. 
Um, I'm not. I'm less enthused after your your take because that's good. Um, that probably would be annoying if they kept winning, but it would be fun to play Kansas more often in basketball and have uh, another crappy team who'd probably be in Wisconsin's division because they're uh, west in the conference uh, at least geographically, which they kind of don't really care about, but kind of do. So, uh, anyone else you'd want to see in the? I guess almost former. Big 12 uh, in the Big 10 or just let them all go to the Pac-12, which would be like the Pac-18 at that point. Right. So there's rumors Iowa State wants in. Yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be okay, I guess. Uh, but I, I think I heard Oklahoma State. That popped up on mm-hmm. a feed somewhere. And I thought that was interesting because um, that would be completely, that would, I mean, football-wise, completely different brand. And yeah, that would yeah. that would be that would be that would be interesting, uh, like that. So, people I'd, I'd want to see from the I don't think there's anyone I you know really want. Like I said, Kansas I think would just pump up the conference, which you know might be nice. Uh, we talked about that having Iowa State that just gives Iowa like a rivalry that right, they don't right. have to go out of conference for and lose. Um, uh, who else is in there? Well, uh, you could get some Kansas State. In their Baylor, yeah, they can go the pack. They can go the pack fourteen. Um, yeah, I think I was thinking Iowa State uh, would be cool. I mean, they're in Iowa, right? They have the rivalry with Iowa that would kind of fit in. Um, it, it, I always feel like <laughs> Iowa State upsets Oklahoma like every year, but it's probably been like one in seven years that they actually do it. But in my mind, in my mind, it's every year they give them a hard game. Um, Kansas State, sure, maybe. I don't know. If you get Kansas and Kansas State, then it's kind of, you know, that's still kind of Midwestern-ish. Uh, Oklahoma State, if there's nowhere else to go, that makes sense to me. Um, all the other Texas schools, uh, I wish I guess Texas Tech, or wait, no. Is Texas Tech? Yeah, Texas Tech was... Yeah, I could do without Texas schools. It's not happening because that's the, you know, the the dominant. They're the first domino. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super excited. I, I guess Kansas would be fun for basketball, but like, I'm. I'm. The more I think about it, what you said, the less excited I, I am for it. Uh, I don't think they would win, however many straight it's been in the Big Ten, like they have in the Big Twelve. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they would. Um, all right. Well, that's. At, at least likely, but there is a report out that I saw on the Twitter again, Marla. I don't know how mainstream this is, but the SEC is, doesn't only want Texas and Oklahoma. They're thinking much bigger, and they're thinking bringing all the powers or all the popular schools. I guess I was going to say power schools: uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, Florida, or excuse me, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Clemson, all join the SEC, creating uh, kind of. I, I don't want to say super conference because that is going to go on my on my take, but uh, creating kind of the elite conference, Marlo, uh, is this something that seems feasible or not? Fe- I don't want to say likely, but like, could this actually happen? And we have kind of this like a giga conference. Giga conference. Uh, I don't. Um... There's no, I, I want to say no, right? Because that would mean 
there's I just feel like I mean it would I mean, just, it would just Ohio gut every State Michigan. Like would that really like would you know Ohio State like pretty much you know runs and owns the Big Ten right? Yeah, yeah, and um, they make a ton. I mean, they make a ton of money already. Could they make more? I don't know. Probably. There's always more to go out there. Michigan. <laughs> that would just be funny. Yeah, <laughs> I <yeah>. think <laughs> to have Michigan the SEC, then FSU and Clemson. You know, I think Clemson's. Yeah, Clemson's. I, Clemson would fit in well with the SEC. I think it'd be a natural fit, yeah. and obviously, it'd be a great. You could dabble in Saban rivalry. Would be nice. FSU has no business being the SAC, <laughs> if if we're being honest. So, yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I don't like the idea of having like this super super league, especially with the new, especially with them expanding the playoffs. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that just gives it. All right, this SEC just wants to take it all, take it all the schools in to get all the spots. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting point you bring up. So, I guess I broke down. Would this be a good fun idea? No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound good or fun at all. Um, and it kind of, I think, all this talk of joining, or or I, I guess more teams, Texas, Oklahoma, or any of these other teams going into one conference, kind of cuts against what we thought and talked about for um, the expanded playoffs. Like the expanded playoffs make sense based on the kind of current format but if all of a sudden even texas and oklahoma going into the sec really makes it more complicated uh because i i mean the it, without them the big 12 is essentially dead so like what are we even what are we even doing here uh with the big 12 they're going to get an automatic bid those eight teams that seems really strange when none of them in a normal season will probably be ranked above 15 um so all that it just seems like all this talk kind of cuts against the form the current expanded playoff format but like with the NCAA kind of losing grip on everything with the NIL and all that maybe that none of that even matters anymore I don't know it's it, I feel like everybody's kind of overreacting and kind of getting into this current situation or or trying to change too much or something I don't know Yeah so it obviously draws a very real comparison to uh, the European Super League, which we talked about a few times on this pod, Marlo. Um, and I think the best comparison was if all the good college football teams went and joined, made their own Super League, which I think is more likely than this SECAA thing that's happening right now. Um, but the the weirdest thing about this is it, it would be like if the Super League wasn't just all the best teams joining together but it was like the Premier League took on Barcelona and Juventus and Bayern but they also kept like Watford and I'm trying to think Everton and like the not as good teams it's like you're going to take all these great teams but you're still going to have like Vandy in there <laughs> like like Kentucky's going to be playing with these guys like what what is if you're trying try to I guess you know you want those easy games but like that's not a Super League and that's not like the I don't know. It just seems somewhere in the middle that doesn't really make sense. So I don't know. Maybe this is all speculation and it's just a bunch of smoke, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about. And, and in the end, Marlo, we're for keeping everything the same. Although the Big 12 can go away. I don't really care. <laughs> but 
I don't know. Like at some point, I guess here's here's my final point on it. Like at some point, the reason why we like college football is because of the regionality of it. Like I like well, not entirely, but a large part of it, right? I like the Big Ten. I like the rivalries in the Big Ten. If those went away, I would probably probably be less interested in college football, and that has to be true for every region. I would think in the SEC who loves their football that has to be true to some point I guess to the extent that their SEC teams aren't beating the new SEC teams so like I'm just worried that these teams are going to screw everything up or these conference the people in charge of the conferences are going to screw everything up in this if there is a ridiculous alignment and make me less interested in college football yeah, I know. I definitely, I definitely see that, and that will, you know, I, I get that point, and that will last for a little bit, and then new ones will form, and they go. To, but you like the Ohio State's, Michigan's; those are kind of unreplaceable, right? Mm-hmm. I, we mm-hmm. went through this when you don't know when Nebraska left; they left their rivalry with you know uh, Oklahoma and and Texas, but over the years they've kind of formed new ones here in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know th- those will those will continue on, and how storied they will get, who knows? Uh, get some of those away, and I I think that's one of those like short term, long term scenarios, right? Which one's going to be more valuable? Um, but I get what you're saying. It just feels like you're taking so. I don't know what you gain at the top end as far as more Ohio, people being interested in Ohio State games then you lose in the non-Ohio State Big Ten teams losing interest in college football. Like, I, I, would, I feel like Wisconsin fans would be less interested. Northwestern, like, if you're not competing for a Big Ten title and you're comp- it's something else or it's like a diluted Big Ten, or it just it seems, I don't know, less interesting. And I think that hat would ripple throughout college football outside of these fan bases. But what I watch, probably, but... I would care much less and spend much less overall. So there we go. All right, that was too much of that, I think. But I thought it was I thought it was interesting to think out. Um, so let's yeah tomorrow. That's yeah. Let's just check the Twitter feed see if thing happened a little. I mean, that's when uh, the Euro uh, the Super League in Europe happened. It was like. 10 o'clock at night there just like somebody tweeted it and it was happening it was very strange um all right that's enough of that all right let's get to the let's get to the real reason we're here casey I'll let you have the floor for a little bit because this is going to be your podcast this is your episode man yeah, yeah. the bucks are nba champions I don't even know where to start. So what we will start with is where are you at right now? What does this mean to you? Well, so I guess first of all, I didn't want to start with the Bucks because I want to get in, you know, work myself into a little bit of a, a lather here, <laughs> get get it uh, going, get the podcast going. What does it mean? So let's go back to, uh, I guess, where I was, Marlo. Uh, of course, I was watching by myself in the basement, and uh, yeah. I, there was a moment briefly after the game, uh, maybe even before the game was done, when it seemed like we were going to win, uh, where I was like, God, it'd be so cool to be in the Deer District. It, so it was about, it was like eight seconds. 
where they're going crazy. And then the game ended, and then it showed them again. And then there's just people like, okay, where's the exit? And I was like, that would suck. I would hate to be in that situation with, you know, I guess 40 to 60,000 people being like, okay, where's my next beer come from? That doesn't sound great. Um, but what it, so watching in the basement, and I just kind of kept looking at the clock and counting down, like, okay, we're up eight with a minute left. This is right. This is it, right? Okay, we're up six with 10 seconds. This is it, right? And I just kept being like, when can I, like, release and be excited? And, you know, I, I of course, it took me to the last uh, second of the game, uh, the clock actually seen it happen to, to go down. But, uh, this was the first for me, Marlo, it was just a relief, just a, such an exciting season, such an exciting playoff run. Uh, and what a fun team, uh, obviously with Giannis at the center to root for, uh, this is the first major sports championship in Wisconsin since 2010. So, a bit of a time since the Packers won the Super Bowl last, so it's been it's been a while and just an enjoyable ride. Uh, what it means for the Bucks, I mean, obviously the first champion in 50 years. I guess it's been 49 years between the championships, which is the longest span of, uh, I don't want to say any professional sports. I know it's a basketball, so let's go with that, um, with, with 49 years between championships. Uh, and... For Wisconsin sports, a uh, sports fandom that gets close and gets let down time and time again, uh, whether it be Rose Bowl, whether it be NFC Championship games since 2010, uh, whether it be, uh, I guess, Brewers being relatively competitive but never really getting it uh, in into the World Series. Getting close but failing has kind of been uh, the Wisconsin MO. But here the Bucks finally kicked that and pulled through uh, and it was all really because of Giannis um, he obviously I, I I said rise to superstar he's obviously been a superstar but the whole thing was can you win with Giannis can you win with him being your best player with the I'll go quote unquote limitations that he had and he emphatically answered those questions throughout the series but my god it was his performance in game six something to behold, the best game I've seen. Uh, they draw. There's comparisons to um, Magic Johnson's what when he played center and scored 43 or whatever. There was that game. Uh, there's some LeBron game that obviously we're discounting the importance of that game on this podcast. But <clears throat> yeah, so whatever doesn't matter. Uh, but his ability. In this game, scoring 50, and I thought it, he missed his last free throw to finish at just 50, and I, I, I don't know why it was really stupid, but I was like, I would, it felt cool for him to finish at 50. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, his, yeah, yeah. Remember when Giannis had 51? Doesn't sound as good as when he had 50, and he, he did miss the last free throw. I think he finished 17 of 19 from the line which I'll talk about more in a second. Um, but he ends with 50 points in Game 6. And the thing about it wasn't just that he had 50 points. It was in this game, in Game 6, Bucks at home, chance to close the series. They got out to a fast start. And it, for a moment, it looked like the Suns were, were shell-shocked. They were going to wilt, and the Bucks were going to pull away with this. And by that, for a second, I mean... I guess the commercial break after the first quarter, because <laughs> then 
<laughs> then it, the second quarter was completely different, and the Bucks all of a sudden seemed like they were like, "Oh no, who's gonna win this for us?" Uh, and it wasn't really in the second quarter because the Bucks only scored 13 points in that. But in the second half, Giannis came out with an energy. He came out with a command of the game that I, I have almost unparalleled in a closeout game. It was amazing to witness. He was getting to his spots. He was uh, being aggressive what he needed to be. He was doing it on both ends of the court. And one of the things that I think was most impressive was that he gets in modes like this where he's kind of trying to take control of the game and he's trying to exert his ability on the game, but he gets carried away. He commits offensive fouls. He, he you know, commits turnovers or he gets a little bit of ahead of himself. But in the most important game of his career, he was composed throughout. He was using his agility, not his strength and speed all of the time. And he was doing everything that he needed to do to keep the Bucks in it in the third quarter and to extend the lead in the fourth quarter. And it was just as unbelievable to watch. And just, I, I was, every time he went to do something, I was just kind of like, no way this fadeaway goes in. No way this uh, spin move he does works. No way this pass works. And every time it seemed to work through this game, it was just such a sensational performance. I, I, uh, I guess I can't say enough and just wanted to kind of relive it through through my words there. But what are the most impressive, impressive things in this game? And I think most surprising was his free throw shooting. He came into the game, I think, around 50% from free throw in the playoffs. Uh, and even that, every time he shot, looked shaky. He went 17 for 19 in this game. And I mean... Looked great doing it. Looked just in a groove. Uh, if he wasn't swishing it, it looked like he had a touch around the net that it was you know rolling in instead of just bouncing out like it had been in the past. And I, I can't recall ever seeing a glaring weakness in somebody's basketball game all of a sudden becoming a strength in a closeout or a closeout opportunity game six. It was. Almost unworldly to see these go in. Him, I mean, obviously being at home is part of it, but like he just seemed like this is my moment. I'm seizing it, and he made those, and that made, uh, I guess, <laughs> some of how I watched the end of the game almost a little bit more nerve wracking. I'll talk about it more in a second, but I want to continue focusing on his performance here uh, and just kind of going throughout the the finals. With the competi- the the comparisons, excuse me, that were made, uh, he had 33 points in a half. Only him and Jordan have done that. Uh, he did that in Game Six. Uh, he had 48 percent of the team's points in Game Six. That only happened twice. I I wrote down. It was, I know it was Jordan, but I think it was Elgin Baylor was the other one. And just kind of the the comparisons we talked about, the ones he where he was compared with Shaq and LeBron, and this Finals performance by Giannis was. It's up there with those legends, and it was so amazing that it happened with the Bucks in Milwaukee for a team I root for. Uh, it was absolutely sensational, and, I mean, just all the hats in the world off to Giannis. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, Giannis showed out finals MVP, and it was no question about it. Uh, the, cl- the closeout game, like you, like you talked about, was amazing. 
having, I think we missed out, like having the game clincher in Milwaukee. Um, pretty dope. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, not only the fact that they had to win, they won four straight to make that happen. Oh, governor's, governor's sweep, Marlo. The governor's sweep. So I think it's going to be gentlemen. So this is what I want with gentlemen's, governor's, presidential sweep. That's what I've that's what I've come with. So we got we did the governor's sweep here. <laughs> yeah, finally finally figured out. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, come back. Win in Milwaukee. I don't know if you. I mean, you heard. I'm sure you heard some of the ridiculous uh, ticket prices that were flying around. I had um, <laughs> a buddy who told his wife he spent seven hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah, per ticket you go. They're forty five hundred. Uh, so shout out. <laughs> yeah, at least they won and made it yeah, worth it. Yeah, yeah they say won and made it yeah. worth it. Uh, I was gonna say I, I had, uh, like I said, I was offered uh, eight hundred dollar tickets to Game Three, and uh, I was priced out of that. But um, so I didn't even really <laughs> look or ask for Game for Game Six. But wow, forty five hundred. Got to win for that. Got one for that guy at least. Thank goodness. Congratulations. Uh, at least you got a win. I don't know how yeah, the rest yeah. of the relationship is going to go. So, yeah. So that that was good. I mean, talk about what it meant for. Sorry, I'm rolling back a little bit. Um, like the Wisconsin sports and where it ranks, right? Yeah. And I know yeah. you're a little. You're a little bit. You're a little bit closer than where I'm at up here in Madison um, to the situation. But I had, there was, a, there was this feeling around me that it was like the Bucks won, that's cool, but that's not really the, the Wisconsin organization we really want championships for. So it was like, you know, obviously the, we're, I'm a little further away from Milwaukee than you are, yeah, yeah. so it probably doesn't hit as close. It's still a Wisconsin team, but it's like, yeah, but it's not like the Packers or the Badgers. So it's cool, but whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I think Packers are always going to be number one in the state um, and probably Wisconsin right there with them. Um, yeah, that's that's probably true. But I think what was cool about this was um, – I mean, it's hard to be. How do I say this? The Bucks all, haven't always been fun to root for. Whereas you know, baseball, whereas the Packers have been good and they have the history. Badgers have been good, but they have the history. Bucks haven't always been great to root for. Uh, and I guess outside of baseball's somehow effect to be relevant on the local sense, if they're not relevant on the national sense, is still there. But what's been really cool about even the last few years of the Bucks being good and now seeing it kind of come to fruition in a championship has been kind of the increased fandom or the outward fandom that you see, you know, here in Kenosha with, you know, Bucks signs in the yard and flags and stuff. It's it's a lot more outward now and you know when Giannis got drafted with Middleton, uh, or their first season together, rather. They won 13 games. You know, so it's like, it's not that long ago. That was eight years ago, I think. Uh, it's not that long ago that it was like, 
God, why would we watch this team? <laughs> you know, and now we're now we're NBA champions. So I think there's a little bit of that to it. it. NBA champions, like celebrate that God, stuff. God. Like you said, eight years ago you were winning 13 games. Like I don't know. I I guess just looking. Uh, obviously, when your team's not winning the championship, but you're around it. It's like just be happy, <laughs> just, <laughs> just take it in, yeah. just just take it in. Uh, Bucks, Bucks are NBA champions. So I, I just wanted to get your take on that because it's kind of yeah. the take yeah. I got, and I I was just shaking my head because if I was like a true, right, if I was a true fan, like I'd just be soaking it up right now, much yeah. like you yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, no. I so after the game, so uh, once I kind of I kind of sat there and stared at the TV for a while and kind of made sure this was real life, and I just sat there and I watched like every post-game thing I could. So I was like, I watched the Trophy celebration, and then I went over to see if there was like a Bucks post-game, and then I went over to see if there was, uh, and then I went to ESPN. I was just trying to soak in any like, here are people talking about the Bucks that I could, and it was it was so fun. Uh, not really value-added any of them, <laughs> per se, but it was it was just kind of trying to continue that moment of uh, or that feeling of like holy holy crap they did it so that was that was a lot of fun but before we got there marlo um you know i guess it was the wisconsin sport fan in me or my negative self in me as as i'm kind of trying to figure out how the bucks were going to find a way to lose this game and with Giannis's great performance which i talked about so much in game six when he kept hitting the, those free throws and the game kept being close this thought just kept creeping in the back of my head. It's like, if we blow this Giannis game, <laughs> there's no way we're winning, going back to Phoenix and winning. Like, this is this is his game. Like, this is a pedestal game that we need to close out for him. Um, so as he's making those free throws, as he made... Uh, I, 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 he made the three earlier, but he made the turnaround jumper later. Uh, I'm just like... We can't we can't blow this for him. This is too good. Like this needs to go down like it now is, as it was. And the Wisconsin sports fan in me just goes, something's gonna go wrong. But it kept not going wrong in this game. Middleton hit that huge jumper uh, going to his right at, uh, at the elbow. Booker misses their last kind of design play, a relatively good look at a three pointer that misses. And as these things kind of keep happening, I'm just like. More likely, more likely, more likely, and then obviously the the breakthrough um, was just so cool, and and just I guess didn't let that Giannis game go to waste. Um, and I think looking at the series, you can look at this game specifically, but the series at whole, everyone on this team kind of had their moment, had their highlight, had their chance uh, to look. You know, I guess do they make DVDs anymore? But to go on the DVD as their, you know, or on the highlight reel as their moment of the series, which I think is so cool. Maybe this always happens and I just don't notice it out of other championship teams, but it was really cool to kind of have each, not only of the stars, right? So you can talk about Middleton. He has the finishing jumper, which I just talked about, uh, to, to more or less seal it. He had the Middleton magic quarters. You know, he had what two of those in this series, three in the playoffs where he just goes crazy and scores like 16, 20 points, whatever it was. Holiday has so many defensive possessions, but obviously highlighted by uh, the strip of Devin Booker and then the alley-oop to Giannis. And then Giannis obviously has the other end of that, <laughs> catching that insane alley-oop. He has the the block on Aiden in game four, I believe it was. Um, 
just highlight reels. Bobby Portis has so many, you know, shots or plays then staring out into the middle distance with his eyes really wide. Pat Connaughton has a couple big threes. Um, I guess PJ's Tuckers would just be him like playing a lot of defense and complaining about calls. But holy crap, did that guy celebrate in the parade? Did you see him on during the parade? He was something. He was he was something else. Uh, somehow he he comes, but he's like the emotional leader of the team. Very, kind of strange. And I did see a really cool uh, thing where it was like a set, It was a picture of PJ Tucker and five Houston Rockets or four other Houston Rockets, and the Bucks eliminated all of them. <laughs> and it was. You know, I see James Harden. I can't even remember the other ones. Whatever, James Harden um, and the other players. But the Bucks beat them throughout the series, and he was kind of the last one standing. Whatever Rockets team that was, that was kind of cool. Um, but you know, the whole "we're dogs" thing kind of became the emotional centerpiece of this team, which is kind of I don't know. Is it strange or fitting that it comes from a you know a veteran like PJ Tucker? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's fitting, right? He's been waiting a long time for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been on some good teams, and you know, this was, you know, it's, it's just your, it's your moment, right? The, the the more you get, the more you stay in the league, the more you see those, the more it kind of feels like it's slipping away, especially when you, um, stop, don't become the focus. Yeah. Well, and when you are now incapable of playing offense, also. Um, so yeah, no, it, it was it was magical. It made it made the internet go wild, and yeah, I think it was I think it was right on. It was it was great. There's always that one, right? Every every parade, there's always the one, and he was yeah. And yeah, Zim and, and uh, Theanus Antetokounmpo <laughs> was not able to be with the team because of COVID, so he's following them in his own car, and I presume at some point wasn't driving it anymore because he was also celebrating quite a bit. So that was interesting. Uh, yeah, he just starts whipping out a bottle. That's great. Don't drink and drive, kids. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess, but I guess he's you know following the bus. Yeah. Um, what was, was I gonna say? The, and then oh yeah, and the other thing throughout this series, um, who went? Uh, shoot, Bobby. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. I just kept getting mad and jealous. And like I know he's like so electric, has the crowd behind him. It's such a you know, he's a big hustle guy, but and had crucial, crucial minutes. But it was like, where the hell did this guy come from? And where was he when the Bulls <laughs> drafted him? And it's all I could think about every time. But I'm happy yeah. for him. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like one of those you know how it is when you have either draft someone or someone leaves your team and does like great things and you're like, What right, the hell, right. man? <laughs> all the time, but uh, that, I, that's what I kept thinking all series. God, Bobby, this well, was not well, Bobby that was in Chicago. Yeah, well, I think that was one of the unique and, and best things about this team is they have Bobby Portis, who, I mean, was just almost like a walking meme. It was hilarious, but like, it's tough to see him in a like he fit this role so well of just this insane energy guy off the bench with this ins- insane confidence but could actually make shots. Uh, but I can't imagine him in a different role. Like, if he was like, hey, you're going to be our starting forward. Like, that seems like a recipe for disaster. 
But for him to come in for whatever, 16, 18 minutes a game, just put forth this effort, put forth this uh, that intensity, just fuels the team. Uh, but if you ask him to do it for longer, I don't, I don't know how that would hold up. And one of the, uh, I think, greatest things about him was, was it the Nets series? I think it was the Nets series. One of the, I, I can't remember if it was the Nets series or the Hawks series right now, but he was unplayable. Like, his defense was so bad that he, they couldn't play him. But he stayed locked in. I think it was the Nets series. He stayed locked in and improved his defense. And his defense is actually pretty good. So I think that was the biggest switch probably from even the Chicago Bobby to uh, an earlier season Bobby Portis here. Uh, a change that he made in his game. And I think he's a free agent now, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's probably going to get more money than the Bucks can afford to bring him back for. So so that will that will be interesting. Maybe we'll go back to Chicago, Marlo. I don't know. To be that the last piece for the Bulls. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about kind of some high level legacy status change things. And I just kind of want to get, I guess, your viewpoint on it versus let's say media viewpoint versus whatever my viewpoint is. So let's start with Giannis, Marlo. Um, I talked about all the crazy stats uh, that he's up there with some of the greats with. He's a two-time MVP, now champion, 26 years old, Marlo. Where is Giannis? Okay, let's go. So there's – let's go. Is he – I kind of want to do multiple choice. Not multiple choice, but like give a couple options. Is he face of the league? Is he – Step below, is he already kind of a top guy all time? Where Where is he with you? Media says kind of face all of a sudden face of the league. This is what it sounds like. If we face the league, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is always, I know it's always tough to say when the face of the, like, but the face of the league isn't from the United States, right? It's usually, they always say it's, you know, it's kind Whoa, of. Oh, careful. Don't pull Stephen A on us here, Milo. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying. Other people are saying. But um. But yeah, no, he's definitely the face of the league. When you start talking like legacy, I mean, he has two two league MVPs now, an NBA title and and NBA's final MVP. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, at 26, right? Unless something directly happened, he's gonna have. He's gonna stack on some other good seasons and. You know, with that championship plus those two MVPs before beforehand, like that's there's those are resume that's you know those are top resumes for Hall of Famers, right? There are Hall of Fame players that will play a while or have those MVPs, will never get that final or that finals MVP, and they'll, they'll have all the stats and they'll still go in, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of and Giannis is still in the middle of that, so he's I mean he, so. You know, I mean, you could say if he stops, if he stops now, I probably not offer him. But like, we're just we're projecting that he's going to at least be very productive for right, right. a number of years. So, talk about the fame. So he has the opportunity to stack more, either more championships, more MVPs, to become into that conversation of like one of the all-time great NBA players. Yeah, I think. I, I guess I don't know if I want to put. I think he's the face of the league, like marketing wise or, or, or whatever. But I, I, I think if you kind of were like, wh- who would you want on your team? I would put a three way tie with him, LeBron, and Kevin Durant up at the top. 
uh, just to cop out and just put three people at the top. But I think that's a clear, like, those are, that's a tier, right? And then you have, you know, the rest of the league kind of kind of below that, uh, which is great, great space to be in. Um, I think one of the things, there are so many things he said after this that I just, I don't know. He's just such a, he seems like such a great guy. And the things he says <laughs> seem so profound and great. Part of it's because he is foreign and, like, it's kind of translation, right? So, like, I don't know. That always kind of sounds a little bit more um, significant than it might be. But he was like, even if I never win another one, I got here. You know, it doesn't, like, I may never win another one, but it doesn't matter because I did it. Which is just, that felt so, to me, so real in the moment. Um, And just, like, when he looks over... Yeah, he he takes the trophy right, and he go he goes, hey Chris, hey Chris, we did it, man, we did it, and it's like he did it with Chris Middleton. Felt so great. Well, see, it's just so many things that he he said throughout throughout the process where he's talking about how they did it. We'll talk about how the Bucks did it, but he's like, I could have gone and joined the super team, but I didn't. I stayed here. I did the work. I won it for you know Milwaukee. I won it for my team. We fucking did it, and it just God, it felt so real. It felt so awesome. Um, so like. If I was the NBA, just his authenticity and his like kind of—I don't want to say wholeheartedness. That sounds so soppy, but like his 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 realness. He feels so freaking real. It's it's awesome. It's so fun to root for. Um, I think nowhere to go for but up for him. Um, <clears throat> you know, as we look out at the landscape uh, of of what next year will look like and what the future will look like, I don't know if. I don't necessarily expect the Bucks to be back. I expect them to compete, but like maybe he never wins another one, but god damn it, he won this one. <laughs> and I'll and I'll and I'll take that for now. Uh and then we can complain, you know, if he never wins another one again, but that's a complaint I'm willing to have. All right. I think the biggest 180 of legacy or status is the next one I want to bring up Marlo Coach Bud. Coach Bud Nolzer. Um probably was one loss away twice from getting fired and now is an NBA champion. Marla, where do you, does this change how you see coach bud? Um, at all in short? No, I, I mean, you know, beforehand coach bud was the hold back guy. He was holding everyone back from this. Right. And mm-hmm. now they break through and coach bud. Uh, some might say, I, 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 I just don't like, it. I mean, Especially in the NBA, there are there are the must say there's not great coaches, but I think in this instance, he kind of did what he had to do, put people mm-hmm. like put people in in place to succeed, which is like the minimum for an NBA coach, right? That's like yeah. Yeah. what you do is put people to succeed, but like he didn't. It wasn't him, right? There could have been you could have inserted an other, I would say, an, a little above average coach and get this result, right? Um, because like we talked about before, we had, you know, Giannis, everyone kind of had their moment. I don't believe that was done because of Bud, right? All, entirely. He had some play into it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't change it. I'm glad, happy for him. Like, write it out, man. <laughs> you know, write it out. You, you did it. You you wrote this this one out with the rest of the guys. But it doesn't really change my opinion of, of him. So, so, I get that. That makes sense. Um, I guess what I I don't really have like a 
necessarily like this is what Coach Bud did. But what I will say is they went down 0-2 against the Nets. And sure, there might have been some injury things with the Nets, but that didn't necessarily – they didn't come back, right? They were kind of missing uh, throughout the series, the injuries, uh, but they still went down 0-2. They came back and won that series in seven. They went down game one to Atlanta, and all I heard was Nate McMillan's going to coach circles around Coach Bud. Well, they came back and won that in six. They went down 0-2 to Phoenix, and Monty Williams was just a better coach. Coach Bud made adjustments, and they came back, and Governor swept them. So I can't point to specifically what they did in each of those series. I know in this series... <clears throat> they put Drew Holiday basically on whoever was hurting them, <laughs> which seems pretty obvious. Um, but there must have been something in this series, and maybe you could point to him and say, well, you weren't prepared for it. But in each of the last three series, and they swept the first one, so they couldn't come back from that, um, they were down, made changes, and came back and won. So I think a little bit of that credit has to go to Coach Bud. Again, I can't specifically point to the changes he made necessarily, but I think that's a pretty strong kind of identification of him being able to affect, make changes, make the necessary changes. That's been his whole thing. His whole thing has been he has his system. It works in the regular season. It doesn't work in the playoffs. What I saw from this Bucks in the playoffs, it's not very much like his system in the regular season. They made changes. They made adjustments, and that's what good coaches do. Am I coach Bud Guy now? No, but you got to give him credit for this and and will and will ride it out. So, um I heard somebody uh say compare him to Rick Carlisle who obviously won the title with the Mavs in was that 2011? The Mavs won whenever it was. And then he basically coached there for like 9 10 more years. He never won another playoff series, but he won the title. So he was their coach. I don't see Bud getting that leash. I think if the Bucks perform poorly in next season's playoff, maybe he gets a pass. But in two years' playoffs, I think the leash is that short, which is not usual, I think, for somebody who just won a championship. So it changes my perception of him for sure. But I still think he has a relatively short leash going forward. Uh, so don't F it up. Um, all right. Next one, let's got Chris Paul, Marlo. I guess this all kind of depends on what you thought of Chris Paul going into it. But did, I guess, did Chris Paul lose? Well, if he would have won, it obviously would have improved it. But where does Chris Paul stand in your book? Is he, I don't even know how to ask the question. Um, one of the best point, he's one of the best point guards ever, but. I guess he's just you got to keep him behind Isaiah because Isaiah won, and that's kind of where the conversation ends now. Now, yeah, I mean that's a good point. I, I think you look at it, you would have to put him. I mean, you'd have to put him below Isaiah. You know, obviously this was what this is his first finals of his best shot to get there, and um, yeah, I don't know. I I mean I thought going into Chris Paul was uh. One of those would all he always and this you know this happens. I mean they were up two zero and 
finds himself in a situation where he could have won, but just just didn't have enough. And he had a good series, except for one game where he had some turnover problems. But for yeah, the most yeah. part, the most part, he had a good series, um, and he can still play. So I, you know, I still think he's a, he's a good player. Still has something to tank. And then as far as like ranking him, where he ranks is like all time. You know, if you go up from the point guard position, he has to be in the conversation for top five, right? Right, right. Um, it's just it's just missing <laughs> missing that ring. Yeah, and it, I I just kind of think at the point guard position, it's it doesn't seem like even if you go back in history, right? It's not a position where it's like this guy can win you the game because you, you're naturally kind of deferring, so. You can go back and look at kind of all the the upsets or, or the disappointments or, or the injuries and stories and stuff for Chris Paul, but this was, I think, his last, it really his only chance at NBA championship. If you go back through the years, so I guess it's kind of disappointing for him. I I don't want to say I would have been happy for him if he won because obviously he would have beat the Bucks, but like I that would have been kind of a a little bit of a silver lining to just to see him finally do it because I've. Really enjoyed his game throughout the years, but I'm glad. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad he lost. But I think just making the finals kind of says, like, look, he's an all timer. Like there was before this, right? You had, I mean, Western Conference Final at best doesn't feel great, but at least getting to the finals, you can kind of. It's kind of like a look point, and I did this, and or I led this this team. Because uh, if you look at this team now, Marlo, going forward, we talked about the Bucks looking forward a little bit. I don't know how much I love this team going forward, the 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 Suns team going forward. Because Chris Paul is going to be th- – he's older than us, Mar. He's older than me. He's younger than you. Oh, he's uh, getting up there. Just getting up there. Um, Booker I, – I, I didn't put Booker in here. Okay, let's do other sons quick. Booker, how do you feel about Booker? Uh, Booker is, I mean, he was he kept saying he was a star in the making. He's a freaking star, you know. He's he he had a coming out party during this whole this whole uh, playoff run, but yeah, he's I think he's a really good player, and he's going to be for a while. I'm so. I think the Bucks just said, "Let Booker get forty. We'll win the game." And Booker got 40 tough points because he takes tough shots. And the Bucks won the games. So Booker went from uh, all stats on a bad team to stats on a good team because of Chris Paul, question mark? I don't know. I don't know how good Booker is because he played really, really well. And he had some big shots. But in losing efforts, and it never felt like he was. There's still room for him to grow. I'm. You're right. He's he's on the uprise. But I had some moments in this series where I was like, I'm okay with going. Let Booker beat us, because he take he. You know, obviously you're forcing him to make tough shots. It's not like you're leaving him open. But like, those are tough shots that we were forcing him to make, and he made a lot of them. So. Uh, Aiton, uh, I was very impressed early in the season er, series, less impressed later on. Do you have any thoughts on him? Aiden? Yeah, I, 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 going I, I, was, I was the same way. 
kind of going forward or early on, I was like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a player. And then he kind of faded, you know, maybe just being young, but yeah. Yeah, I, I saw him as like this, oh, he's like a futuristic big man. Uh, made a lot of shots early and then kind of faded. Probably just being young, probably get, you know, a few more years in him. He can be more consistent with that. Um, and I guess why why I say like, hey, we just said a lot of good things about the young players on this team. Why can't they be back? The West is so tough, and they kind of had—I don't want to say an easy path, but it—the path this year will probably be easier to the finals than it will be next year and going forward. So it'll be tough to see them kind of come back. Um, all right, next thing, Marlo, status. I don't know if you heard this. It was all over the news, Marlo. There's a new blueprint in how to win an NBA championship, Marlo. You just got to do what the Bucks did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To get a transcendent player, have him grow four inches, gain seventy pounds, fifty pounds, fifty pounds, uh, and just become a completely different human being. Uh, that's all you have to do. Um, so. It's not a blueprint for the franchises because the the whole what was the blueprint for the Bucks? They drafted a superstar. Who, granted, he wasn't a superstar at the time, but that's not important to the blueprint. You get a superstar, you draft a surrounding piece, and you trade for another player. It's basic roster building <laughs> for a franchise. It's like, oh shit! If you have a good player, you should surround him with other good players. That's what everybody's flipping trying to do. So to act like this is some sort of blueprint, I, I don't understand that narrative from a franchise standpoint because that's what, that's what the franchises are trying to do since day one. They're trying to get the one of the elite players, which the Bucks just happen to draft, and re-sign, which is kind of the point I'll talk about next, but and then surround him with the best talent. That's what everybody is trying to do here. <laughs> it's not a blueprint. That's not new. What's different in this case is Giannis stayed in Milwaukee by signing the Supermax. And I think the blueprint is different from a player standpoint. It's saying you don't need to go necessarily out and join another superstar. You don't necessarily need to go out and uh, create a super team, as Giannis uh, derogatorily uh, mentioned about super teams. But if you are in an organization that you believe in, which might not always be the case, but if you're an organization that you believe in, you can win in these other markets. So I think it's more like a, a different blueprint from a player's standpoint is, hey, if you're in wherever... You don't have, you know, Indiana, you're in Oklahoma City, you're in Orlando. Like, you don't necessarily have to leave to join a team. It can happen where you are. Have faith in the, your team. Have faith in the process. Oh, God. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Think about Philadelphia because, my God, that is the antithesis of the point I'm making. Um, and maybe it can happen for you there instead of you kind of chasing it. So maybe that's different. That mindset is a little bit different for the players as opposed to kind of what we've seen lately with all the player movement. Maybe that's different. From the franchise standpoint, no, you're just trying to get good players. And that's all they did. It's not any different. 
but because there was a lot of talk about it being good for like small markets or good for the whatever because Giannis stayed. Yeah, that's, I think it's that's true. But like, are other players going to stay? Like, is uh, who's the next one that who's going to leave us? I don't even know. Carl Anthony Towns. I'm, I'm not sure. But like, if those players stay and and say, "Hey, I'm going to try and win it here," then it's something different. But like a blueprint, it's the same as it's ever been. It's just trying to get good players around. You're a great. You're a great player. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why I, I, I literally was it. Um, I forget who said it, but I think they said this, like as the game was ending, um, and it's like okay, sure, if that's what we're gonna do, if that's what we're talking about it. So, well, I guess though the, the minor, the most minor of the blueprint changes would be. Right, it, Giannis is the superstar, and then everybody else. Then you have. It's then it's Chris and Drew, and then basically the role players, right? So it's not really it's a you call it a big three, but it's not. It's Giannis, <laughs> supporting cast A and supporting cast B. You know, that's a little bit different than kind of what what we've seen recently. And I'm just I'm just trying to think of the I should have thought of this ahead of time. The comparison I, I'm thinking like Paul George at Indiana or something. Like if he would have stayed at Indiana, and then they get. Um, Sarbonis, you know, or, you know, then they get the pieces around him. Would that have worked? You know, if he stayed in Indiana for eight years. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe, I maybe, you don't know. You never know. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just in this age, I hate saying that, but in this era of basketball, it's yeah, uncommon. Yeah. So right, right. this, you know, is this, I guess the question is, right. Is it, are people going to copycat or are we going to go back to, you know, or is the next championship going to be a quote unquote super team or, te- or you know, people going it up or is it going to be homegrown, right? Is but Milwaukee going to make a run where they have it, their title contenders, you know, in the finals, every, you know, winning the East, you know, year in, year out. And that will become what, you know, what the, what the franchise is trying to do or, do we go back to just hey we're teaming up with these with these these players and going from here? Yeah, but again, it's it's not. I don't think it's a change in like what f- the teams are doing because the teams are trying to keep the good players. <laughs> like it's if it's a change in the players. It's a change if the players want to stay in whatever their homegrown city and tough it out instead of kind of chasing greener pastures. So we'll we'll see if that, if that changes. I don't, oh my god, I, I just scrolled down and saw how many more notes I have in this. All right. All right, favorite picks and moments from the celebration. Giannis and his son. Uh, picture of it's from behind. I'm just going to go through these because I thought they're awesome. So I want to bring them up. Giannis is kind of like going over to his son. His son's reaching out to like give his dad a hug. That tugged at my heartstrings. Felt awesome. Uh, Giannis standing over the crowd. Um, he's in the middle of the picture. He has his trophy. His arms are spread out wide. Oh, Fantastic. I mean, Greek God type stuff there. Uh, my favorite interview was uh, Pat Connaughton and your boy Bobby Portis uh, were being interviewed, and somebody asked him how much champagne they drank, and they just looked at each other and broke out laughing hysterically. Uh, and I felt that that, that was great. Um, 
the State Farm prophecy. I don't know if you remember this commercial, Marlo. Uh, there was a Chris, po- obviously Chris Paul's a spokesman for State Farm, uh, but there's a commercial where a buck is in his garage and destroys his garage. Yeah, State Farm uh, prophetically um, predicted this. So there you go. Uh, other NBA, st- there are other things, but those are the ones I remembered to write down. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even notice. Did not notice. Um, not sure. Oh, also, Giannis just kind of sitting off, like going, kind of wandering over and sitting in like an empty section of the seats. Felt very cool. Kind of that. That reminded me, like that pick, that scene reminded me a little bit of like the Jordan hugging the trophy thing, like him just taking it in, like this is, I did it, kind of moment. Jordan hugging the trophy, like this is mine. Yeah, just sitting there going, whew, I did it. It's pretty cool. Um, God, so many things. All right, those are the ones I wrote down. Um, all right, NBA draft is Thursday, Marlowe. Are you, are you excited? Are you excited for the NBA draft that is happening a week and a half? After the finals. After the finals. Uh, not, I am, I, you know what? Let's be honest. I didn't know what was going on to you, Tony, before we turned the <laughs> microphones on. So am I excited? No. I'm getting excited thinking about it because unlike last year when we were talking about this, we didn't really get to know or see the players in the tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where we get to know and see a lot more, especially if, you, if you're not like in-depth in basketball in, during the season, which happens as we get older. I get tunnel vision into the Badgers until the tournament time and uh, being able to see a lot be able to see that I think it's going to be for me just personally a little more I'll know more of the players hopefully <laughs> that are yeah, going yeah, through but right. I, I've known nothing I know nothing about the draft process this year and how okay, that okay. okay well there are a lot of good players out there um, I think Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State you know soon to be in the Big Ten um I think he's going to go number one of the Pistons. That's kind of consensus. But then after that, there's like four or five players. Like the next tier is like four or five. It's a really good draft. Um, but neither of our teams are drafting high, so who cares? So there, there we go. I think the I think the Bulls had like the seventh or eighth pick, and it was traded to the Magic or something. Is that when you got uh, what's his face? Um, who do you tra- who did the Bulls trade for? Vucevic or something? Did you trade for Vucevic? You trade you trade for somebody where it's like, oh my god, they're making a playoff run, and then uh, just it lasted like a weekend, and then 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 they weren't anymore. Is it okay? There's yeah. So a lot of really good players. Uh, I think the ones I I'm interested to see where Jalen. Jalen Suggs goes the Gonzaga Garden. Uh, I really liked him. Is it Jalen? Yeah. Um, the USC forward. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, he's the other one I want to see uh, that I know from college. So good stuff. It's happening Thursdays. It, it feels weird because I guess the finals just ended and it's the end of July. It's just, the timing's all off on all this stuff. Um, all right, we can. We can skip the next segment if you want, Marlo, unless you want to talk about it. 
All right. Well, there's more Rogers drama, and I think the thing that pissed me off the most was Adam Schefter. I think it was Adam Schefter reported that Rogers turned down a two-year deal months ago. He decided to report this the day of Game Six of the NBA Finals for some reason. Um, he so when it came out, I was like, "Oh shit!" He just turned this down. Oh no, this happened months ago, but now is being reported for some reason. Um, but it was just proof that it wasn't about the money, Marlo. This is about deep-seated angst between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And then the rumor today was that Aaron Rodgers wants two years, $90 million guaranteed. So now it's about the money. I don't... All right, here's my thing, Merlo. I want Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That's pretty obvious. I don't understand what his deal is. Can you explain to me what his deal is? Because all I know is he he didn't get the loyalty. He was felt he was afforded, and they drafted a quarterback. Is that it? Is that what we're talking about? That what what are the what are the grievances? Tell me the grievances. Otherwise, I'm effing sick of this crap. Report on Wednesday and let's get on with our lives. That's where I'm. That's at. where I'm at. Yeah, I don't know. Did you? I don't know the beef, but you'll be fine. He'll be back, and he'll play football. You you saw his tweet, right? Boys, boys, tweet. tweet. I don't know him. Him and uh, uh, the Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah. They, they posed. They yeah. Oh, they oh they they did the Instagram thing with the last dance. That's fine. Then flip and play one more year, and like I don't tell. It's just so frustrating to sit here and be like. Our quarterback's unhappy. Why is he unhappy? Because he's unhappy. Tell tell us why. Because I don't like management. Why? I have no idea. So, like, I'm supposed to side with you and just trust you? If it's because of contract negotiations or because they drafted somebody else, they're a freaking football franchise. Their job is to offer you contracts that might not be as good as you want. They're the counter of your negotiation. Every dollar they spend on you, they can't spend somewhere else. It's a freaking negotiation. What are we talking about here? I just feel like this is so basic and so common. But he's so upset about it, it doesn't make any sense. And until until I hear like a legitimate list of grievances, I'm just baffled. I'm baffled by this whole thing. And it's either completely childish or completely bullshit. And I don't know. And we're, I guess we're going to find out on Wednesday. That's where I stand. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. It's a big one for the pot. The uh, the Milwaukee Brewers took on the Chicago White Sox this, this weekend. And, um, you know... It's fine. Milwaukee had they had the uh, the championship the championship glow up right. They were feeling mm-hmm. it. The fans were feeling it. Um, so they took the series to two to one. Two to one, yeah. Uh, White Sox won today. Uh, I think it was three to one was the final. It ended while we were recording. So yeah, three to one. Ugh. But chance to sweep didn't happen. 
Um, two teams look like they're going to make uh, the playoffs. I forgot how much I hate Tony Larusa. He is the, in my opinion, least likable person in baseball. And <laughs> I feel like he just not become mean of him. <laughs> he, just, I mean, he just complains about such stupid shit. It annoys me so much. And just obviously I have pent up years of Cardinals beating the Brewers in the back of my head, but... It's just the White Sox have such a fun team, and they're so exciting. And then it's like, and then here's Tony La Russa. It's like, God, I just can't. I just can't do it. But we're on the series, so I'll take I'll take that. Um, it sounds like you're getting. Oh shoot, what's the guy's name? I I'd take I would take it. I'd take it right now. <laughs> if you if you offer it to me, I will take it right now. That would be a lot of fun if it was White Sox and Brewers in the World Series. Um, I mean, I think the White Sox just based on uh, I don't. I feel I think the White Sox have a better chance of getting there, don't you? Uh, based on kind of the strength of the the conference, or am I just being NL biased in that? Because I look at oh. I shouldn't say. I guess it's just the West. That's what we're about. So, yeah, probably about even chance because, anyway, whatever. We'll look at that. World, World Series preview. Lock it in. Lock it in. What was I thinking? I was. I don't know. I don't know. I was just being NL biased, I think, in my in my thoughts there. So, I was like, oh, what? We have the Dodgers and the Giants. And. Oh my goodness! And it's like, oh yeah, we're winning the central. Like, what am I, what am I talking about? Uh, all right. Well, the Brewers were the first to one thousand Ks in less than a hundred games in the NL, so that was pretty cool. They have a they have a couple of the highest strikeout pitchers, and they have, um, I think now it's three of the top five in ERA on on the staff. Since DeGrom just dropped off like eligibility because he's been injured too much. So three of the top five in ERA and the NL are Brewers, which is pretty cool. Um and that's why they're that's why they're in and why they might be uh kind of have good odds to win the World Series because they have three really good pitchers um in in the rotation. I think their batting average is like next to last in the NL. So <laughs> to be to be in first place in the central with Next to the last batting average in the NL is pretty impressive. So, there you go. That's a lot of Brewers. Go Brewers. Go Sox. Um, all right, Casey. It's that time of year, man. You finally did it. The Olympics are yeah, back. Yeah. Well, now that, now that the exhibitions are over, surely Team USA is ready to play some basketball. Okay, this is where I get fired up, because <laughs> so oh, was it? So, yeah, so Japan time is completely flipped from ours, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have events like their day will start around two a.m. our time. They'll start events, but like we'll get their morning. It's like swimming is happening right now. There's medals going off all, you know, 
football right now. But I'm going to skip and watch this. Damn it. Yeah. So, but anyways, so I stayed up late last night to watch some stuff live. We can talk about it in a minute. But then I saw that USA was playing at 7 a.m. Our time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got up early because I wanted to watch the games. Wanted to watch the full full games I have yet to watch them play. And this was the most frustrating thing I've seen in a long time. Since Badger basketball. Since Badger season, right? (laughs) Just just, the most frustrating performance of basketball I've seen. And I guess I didn't realize, with all the losses, I guess I didn't realize they hadn't lost in Olympic play since losing to um, Argentina back in Greece, which I remember watching that game. We were in, or I don't know, I think you were there. Yeah, well, I was in college. I know it was in college. 2000, right? 2000, 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, and I remember watching that game. It was, And now like, it just brought me back to this, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> it just yeah, sucks. Yeah. yeah, it was. So I didn't watch it live, but I knew they lost, and I... Uh, I, I sought out watching the replay because I wanted to see what went wrong. In the whole game, I'm going, we lose this? Wait, we lose this? <laughs> we lose And then it kept going, and then France kept hanging around, and then we lost it. I, <sighs> yeah, that that part, too. So, like, they were, I think they are up 11 at one point in the fourth. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought that's when they could start putting on... I mean, they went on a crew control, but I thought they would start to build on that lead. And I think the biggest thing, you know, is this the time to worry? Absolutely. They freaking lost. Um, but the biggest thing was, you know, I, like I said, when they were last time I recorded, like, was it time to panic? It's like, they have, this team is a good roster, right? Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard. Um, who else am I missing? Like, um, I mean, Drew Holiday had a great game, yeah. especially yeah. for coming right yeah, up. Like, literally Booker's coming there, off the plane. Uh, yeah, Booker's bam. there. It's like, it's like at the very least, it just seemed that they were trying to play too nice and no one wanted to take that game over, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were passing around. And that was extremely frustrating because then, you know, France just came down. And I don't know what it is about watching Rudy Gobert be successful, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know if he's I just... He's French. If, if I still blame him for, for being like patient zero of yeah, shutting yeah. down the NBA, oh, which there, is oh, not fair at all. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just don't see it. None, none so. of this pandemic would have happened without him. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's France is, I mean, like, France has some good players. Rudy Gobert, they have other NBA players in the roster. Evan, but Evan, so Evan Fortier. 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 But so are, other, so are the other teams that they're about to play. And so that does not bode well for the rest of this tournament. Yeah, I mean, what's weird about this team, and, and what it's, you know, you can go through the list, and it's all scores. It's all, I mean, that's outside of Draymond Green. Uh, I guess you got Bam on a bio out there, but like, there's no size in this. And France just won this game with size, with Rudy Gobert, Poirier, I think was the other guy, and then Fall, who was not Taco Fall, but a different Fall, who was a mountain of a man, and we just couldn't match up height and weight wise with them. And when you're playing in FIBA, it's a little bit more physical. It's a little bit more like. Uh, college basketball like you can get away with a little bit more and these NBA players don't seem to be like that 
be uh, able to play with that. And sure, I guess I guess the one excuse you could make is Kem Durant was in foul trouble, so he said a lot. Um, but you should have enough scoring out there. And they were the announcers are sitting here going like, "Who's going to take over? Who's going to you know? Where are the?" Where are the Americans going to find some scoring? And I'm like, Damian Lillard and Devin Booker are out there. And it's like, the whole court is scores. Like, what are we talking about here? And it's just, it's a team of first options. Everybody on this team, I mean, like outside of Drew Holiday, but, um, you know, almost everybody on this team is first options on their team. So the offense flows through them. The off, you know, everything goes through them. But in this, the offense can't go through everybody. So they, it seems like this team doesn't know what to do when they don't have the ball. When possessions get slow, they're all just kind of standing around and waiting for somebody to do something, or waiting for their turn to do something. And it looks really bad. And when it got down to towards the end of it, offense was stagnant, and we just settled for. Long KD twos or you know late kickout threes and it looked it looked really bad. They got to figure out some sort of offense or figure out some sort of way to play together that is better than this because they did not look like a team that knew how to play together. Together, no, and you know I mean they haven't been together that long, but it doesn't matter. This is tournament time, right? Um. But it's but it's it's not it's not about having played together. It's about like having the right people to play together. I don't know. I, I just feel like... Like, you have Dray... I guess Draymond Green's a good example of, like, somebody there who's like, hey, he's here to play this role, right? But everybody else is a... Almost everybody else is a scorer. It feels like... I don't know. It, it, it felt... It just felt really off in the second half. And that's maybe because France made a couple shots that they probably shouldn't have. Um, or maybe a couple, you know, bounces went the other way, but like bounce out of bounds for the three from the take that lead was bull. That was that's great. That was a great play. That's a great play. But I mean, should never happen, but a great play. Uh, so I, if if we're going up against France, we need more size out there because Bam. None of the none, we don't have a center on this team. There's not a center out there. Bam's not a center. If he's our biggest guy, and he's going against Gobert and. Not Taco Fall, who's like 280 pounds. I mean, it's gonna, I, that feels like not great. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Dwight Howard? Get him in there. Get Brooke Lopez out there. What are you doing? I don't know. That's me armchairing trying to figure out. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't want to over, I don't want to overreact, but I kind of want to overreact to be like, this team's. I think I mean I looked at the group. I forget who's in it. It probably should still get out of the group. Also, I don't know the rules of getting out of the group, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go on a limb and say they're probably gonna get out of the out of the group. Um, and they either need to they need to figure their figure out their roles and slash play together because they don't know how to do that right now. Yeah, and do it in a hurry. Do it in a hurry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's where it is. There's a great, not, I wouldn't call it great, but a good watch uh, for Ball and Country on, on Peacock. 
the Peacock Network. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where they're falling around the U.S. basketball team. They started training camp. And it's kind of pretty recent because the third episode came out this past week, and it was with the uh, all the games that they lost. So I'm sure that like next week we'll have this game <laughs> or no, these, no. these couple games, at least a pool play or something. So check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, like well, behind the scenes. Probably do that. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, go ahead. Random random sports that I watch every once every four years are back. Swimming's back, Marlo. I think. I just so yeah. I was just gonna say. I think two gold medals popped up in the the feed here while I'm while we're watching. So good job, swimmers. Go get them. I can, I, I can I can not drown. So that's about the length of my swim ability. Uh, I watched some fencing today. Um, was that how it ended? I didn't see how it ended. Um, but I didn't understand the whole time what was happening. Just, I the light would light up and be like, "This team won a point," or "This person won a point," and I'd be like, "Nice," or "Ah, oh, shit," you know, depending on what light lit up. But not really sure what I was watching. That's fun. Just. I'm just blatantly rooting for the American. <laughs> no clue what the rules are. That's a lot of fun. Uh, water polo. That seems just like a miserable sport to play. It's like, I don't understand how someone's like, this, let's do this. Just tread water for however long and get pulled underneath water. Yeah. yeah. Um, just seems wild. Those people are built different for just, sure. Just dunked, dunked underwater, underwater while I'm... Doing, doing cardio, cardio forever. forever. Yeah. And then, and then probably needing the crotch all the time. That just doesn't seem doesn't seem doesn't, doesn't feel like <laughs> something, <laughs> something I want to do. Let me tell you. Uh, so that's fun to watch. Um Yeah, I watched what else have I watched? Archery. Archery's back. there's a there's two people from my hometown hometown competing in the Olympics. Look at that. There you go. One, one in, in uh, basketball, basketball and one, one in, in shooting. shooting. I don't know what shooting. shooting. Oh, in shooting. Yeah. Speaking of which, 3x3 <laughs> basketball. Yeah. yeah. Why do they keep calling it 3x3? Why can't they just say three on three? It's, it's not going to stick. 3x3 is not going to stick. I'm sorry. That X I don't, in there. What else, what what else would you call it? Three on three. That's what it is. Three on three basketball. Uh, it's, it's a, a whole other letter. <laughs> It's been three on three basketball since inception of the outdoor court. But yeah, yeah. did watch a little bit of it. Pretty pretty decent. I'm just mad. I can't believe USA didn't qualify for the men. But I watched the women. Um, skateboarding. First, first yeah. time skateboarding's been there. Watched the street. A lot of people falling. That's all I've seen is basically videos of people falling and biffing it. Which I guess is skateboarding. <laughs> but what skateboarding is, who do we get through the Olympics? Tony Hawk is on set. Which, good for that guy. He's got a Subway commercial. He's back in the Olympics. I mean, you know, living the dream. Have they re-released Tony Hawk Pro Skater for Nintendo 64? Because, God, I need to get that. All the nostalgia in that game, let me tell you. 
Um, I think I, I put. <laughs> I, I think I wrote down when the triathlon is happening because I was going to watch that. I was excited about that. Um, not the triathlon. Was it the triathlon? Ah, whatever. I don't. Random sports model. I'm excited that the Olympics are back and I can watch these things. Um, and just blatantly root for America, I guess. Watch sports I don't know. I, don't, I just can't. I guess. I don't know why I'm baffled that skateboarding is in the Summer Olympics when snowboarding has been for so long in the winter. And I just accept that. But, like, in skateboarding? My. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm an old, old man, man about, about that. that. I, don't I don't know. Yeah. Rowing's back and asking Marlo random questions about rowing. That's back. That's definitely back. Is this started? started? I'll yeah. I'll have to watch it. Question it. Yeah, yeah. It definitely started because I could tell because people started texting me random questions about rowing. Um, so, yeah, that's back. So, yeah. I like, I like, watching, I like, I like watching rowing. Go, go Team USA. We'll do a medal count next time. I'm not looking it up now. Um, we're not, not going to win a medal in rowing, are we? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the eights. The eights, we, we're good. We, we, okay, here we go. Uh, America puts all the emphasis on the eight for their championship boats. So some of this, all the smaller boats are going right now. I think the eight championships, like the medal, I, I looked it up. It's like next week. Um, so the bigger boats... We got to wait for those to go down course, and then those are those are where we have the best shots of getting medals. Why do Why we, do we put, put our emphasis on, on the eights? Why? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, most championship boats in from where our talent's coming from race in eights collegiately, because uh, those are where most of the championship boats go. So the smaller boats aren't those those aren't emphasized in the like, collegiate level. So mm-hmm. our that's drawing from that talent pool. It, it kind of makes sense. Interesting. Interesting. That's what, That's they, what they race at Harvard. Yes. And Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. Yep. So there's that. I read Boys in the Boat. That was a great book. That's a, that's what I know about Rowan. <laughs> I read that book. <laughs> well, and, and I know I know you and you know our friends who also rode. But that's about that's the the gist of it. <laughs> All right, go Olympics. I guess Olympic adjacent. Uh, the Gold Cup is happening. This is the corner kick, Marlon. I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, USA beat Jamaica today, one zero. As we recorded, they now place Qatar in in the Concacaf semi semifinals. And you might say. Why is Qatar in the CONCACAF Gold Cup, Marl? Great question. Uh, they invited them because uh, they probably bribed somebody. And they're there. And they won. They they beat... Uh, shoot, they beat El Salvador today? I just saw the highlight and I already forgot who they beat. I think they beat El Salvador. Um, so, yeah. That'll happen probably next weekend. Maybe a couple days. Who knows? It's happening. Gold Cup's happening. Uh, it will... I mean, we should beat Qatar, my God. It'll still probably be a USA-Mexico final. Which, that might happen next Sunday. Here we go. Mexico-Canada Thursday. I'm seeing it now. It's happening now on my uh, other monitor. So the final will probably be Sunday. 
Mexico, Canada, USA, Qatar. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, U.S. women's national team lost to Sweden to break like a insane win streak, but then bounced back to beat. No, no, no. Blinking on it, blinking on it. New Zealand. So, a bad loss, 3-0. Hopefully that shook the cobwebs and uh, they'll be good from here on out. They have the talent. They have the talent to win and compete. Um, they just did not <laughs> perform, obviously, uh, against Sweden. Um, Team USA softball just walked off home run to beat Japan two one. Breaking news! It's, it's done that, done that softball's in the Olympics and baseball's not. <laughs> All right, golf's in the Olympics. That seems it always seems weird. I don't know why it's weird, but it it does feel weird because they compete as individuals for their countries. But like that, why does that feel so weird for golf? Like other things, they compete as individuals, but like golf's such an individual sport in of itself. But I guess so is swimming because like who cares? I don't know. It just seems weird. I'm not used to it. I'm old and I'm not used to it. That's what I get. What'd you get? All right, Casey, one last thing. I don't know if you saw the Bucks, NFL Bucks, the Buccaneers. NFL okay. Buccaneers got their rings. Their Did they win something? something? Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. They won a Super Bowl and they went at home. Did you see the ring? No. 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 Um, <laughs> pretty dope. The ring actually opens up and it has like the stadium inside because obviously they won it. They were the only team to win, or first team to win Super Bowl in their home stadium. But nevertheless, there was some stuff came out. Uh, Gronk showing off all his rings. Brady giving his speech, um, talking about the best ring is the next one. Fire stuff. Uh, but yeah, Bucks get NFL rings. So that's something you get to look for, Casey. The ring ceremony for for your yeah, Bucks. Yeah, <clears throat> great. Um, I just can't bring myself to that opinion on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Just great. You have rings. Congratulations. Well, we'll leave so you with freaking self-serving. self-serving. God. <laughs> <laughs> just can't believe they called that holding call. After all the other things they didn't call in that game, they called that defensive holding. Unbelievable. Bringing Casey back to a dark place. Casey, just remember, the Bucks are NBA champions. That will be it for me, guys. As always, you can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. That'll be it for me, Casey. You got any last words? Well, to bring me out of a dark place, Marlo, I just saw that a new Lego Master season is coming out on Fox, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but that is it for me, Marlo. Uh, thank you for letting me uh, go on and on about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and letting me regale in our our championship i say our like i had something to do with it but i cheered so i was there um so appreciate the opportunity of that so until next time fellow fans i hope all your favorite teams win all the sports